Welcome to the Art of a Messy House podcast, where my house is messier than ever, but I am at my happiest. And the only answer for it is Jesus, where my hope is anchored. Come join me, Jen Kasuda, your host, for faith encouragement, testimonies, and devotionals as I share everyday faith in my real, authentic, not perfect way. There will be stories of humility, kindness, truth, and love as we walk in faith through the everyday relatable moments. As a wife, mom, teacher, and author, I'm learning to embrace this messy but beautiful life while encouraging others to do the same. No matter what stage of faith you are at, you will learn of God's love here and be empowered to walk in your own beautifully distinct purpose right here, right now. So let's step over the clutter together and laugh through the stress, for true beauty is in the art of a messy house. So dear God, please bless this beautifully imperfect mess. Love, Jen. Dear God, why does it seem like you're quiet? Lord, instead of rushing, help me slow. For in the face of doubt and fear, this I know. God is by our sides, and yet sometimes it seems quiet. He seems quiet. You know, there's these times where we are walking through seasons and it appears as though we may feel alone, and that is when we need to learn the promises of God to stand on the truth of His Word and what He promises us that He is always by our side. He never leaves our side. So, have you ever asked those questions, or pondered it, or reflected on it, or cried out to God about it? I know I have, and I remember growing up thinking that all of my cries to God were not worth it to Him. I remember that I would talk to him and pray to him and then just have the lie in my head somewhere along the line was planted that he did not care. And that was a lie. However, those lies in all shapes and forms can sneak in when we're not aware of what words and beliefs or routines we are entertaining. There are these rhythms in our lives that we need to make sure are ones that draw us nearer to him instead of questioning his nearness. In the past episode, we discussed some questions such as, how do we hear God's voice? How do we discern and distinguish what is God's voice and what is not? These days, there's a lot of conflicting mantras or affirmations in the world, and they are topics that Carol Bevel and I discussed in the last episode. Carol shared so much wisdom and truth on this topic, and I just wanted to continue on the topic a bit too. So to recap, we need to be in God's word to hear his voice. We need to understand that as believers, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will never go against God's word. We need to learn to distinguish his voice and that of the flesh and even the devil. The best advice I ever received on how to do this was that God will never go against his scripture. So his word will never go against scripture. His word is true. It is scripture. It is what we have as our roadmap in everything that we do. So whatever it is that is that we're hearing or the decisions before us, the question we should always reflect on is, is the prompt or is this aligned with scripture? Is this aligned with God's word and the truth of God's word? So 
the more we spend in God's word and in the Bible, so the more time we spend in the Bible and in his presence, the more we recognize and learn to recognize God's voice. Because his voice comes in all different ways for all of us. He speaks to us through different ways. And we learn that when we learn of him and his character and his promises. And when we seek him more, seeking him becomes a way of life. It isn't just a one-time thing. And it is this way of seeking through all the steps. And so when we do that, we learn and we know him. Instead of just knowing about him, we learn to know him and his character and his promises and how they stand true through all things. So after recording the last episode, I was reading through Psalms and Psalm 28 really pulled me into and grabbed my attention. And so I had to read it a few times and it just gave me this example and this image when I was reading it of drawing near and how that's really how we learn and we hear most things. I don't know. Typically, you know how this goes. If you've listened to other episodes, I usually start with a short story or a related image or analogy. And for this message, I was really thinking of this image when I was reading through Psalm 28 and how I started to think of all the moments in my life or even in my house and on a normal everyday life where people don't hear each other, though we're right next to each other. So you know how there can be two people in the family and we'll say the talking is happening and yet the communication and the hearing may not be happening. And so I was really thinking about this. And whenever I share these stories, it's really because I myself, I walk through it or I just, I find it to be relatable in my own life. And it just makes me think of many situations that we face every day and just common everyday things where it just helps me better understand different rhythms and routines I want to better do in my life. So let me stop my rambling. So does that ever happen in your home where, or even in work or in life, wherever you are, where someone calls from another room or another part of the room and we can't really hear what they're saying? for whatever reason, maybe there's a lot going on in the room. Maybe there's a lot going on in the house or in the work or in the store or wherever it is. Someone calls another person from another part of the room and we cannot fully hear what they're saying. So we may call back or even shout back. What did you say? Or whatever, or even vice versa. Maybe we're the ones calling out to someone else and they call back and ask us, what are you saying? But has it ever happened where this can go on and on a bit with nothing changing? Hey, can you come here and help for a minute? Wait, what? I can't hear you. Back and forth and the emotions can even start to come in too, right? Like, never mind, I got it. I don't know if if this is resonating with you. A simple example of something that really is a powerful one when I was reflecting on it, because no matter what side of the conversation I'm on, the one that's asking for help or asking someone to come closer or vice versa. The conversation can't happen best when we're still afar or apart from each other. If possible, you know, I know it's not possible in all times that we can drop everything and just go and help someone. Although many times that is what we need to do if it is possible we do need to stop what we're doing and go closer in order to hear the person. 
because that's a choice. And often when I was thinking of these moments, I can pause what I'm doing. Once again, I'm not saying we have to do that all the time, but I can pause what I'm doing to come closer in here. But what draws me to go closer? What makes me go closer? What makes me want to go and hear or what gives me the need to hear, the need to be heard, the need? And I was thinking about how in many of those moments, there's a need. In many of the moments where I hear someone who needs me, like a child or my spouse or someone in a class, like wherever I find myself, what makes me go closer to here? Is there a need? And so when we love or care about someone, we want to help with all the needs, right? If it's within our capacity to do so. But that's a hard check because sometimes, if I'm being really honest, I know I can go quicker than I do. And maybe I can move closer to here. But maybe I don't do that for whatever reason it is. And please, you know, once again, I'm not saying we need to drop everything and run for everything and everyone. We will lose our mind trying to do that. The whole people-pleasing topic will be another day. And all the other things that can go into that one statement there. But wisdom and discernment are very important in all things. So I was really thinking about when the question or the comment or the request is changed. Like, hey, I have a surprise for you. What would the reaction be? Because it does have a lot to do with motivation and phrasing and definitely teaching us to watch our phrases. I'm not saying that we need to lie or coax people into coming, but it just this whole image of drawing closer and what we choose to go closer to. And it's all this choice and going back to the choice that we make in love and, and even thinking of, and I know this is such a simple, small example in comparison to God and his great love that we can't even fathom that he has for us. Wherever we are right now, he loves us more than we could ever imagine, every single one of us. And it was really making me think of our relationship of the Lord and the word posture. When we can't hear him, do we draw nearer? Do we draw closer? When he seems to not be listening, do we praise him louder? Do we pray more? Do we spend more time in silence? with him, asking him the specific questions, what we need answers for, or whatever it is, what we need help with, the feelings. Are we talking to him more in those moments? Do we come to God with thanksgiving regardless of the situation or pit before us? The reality is not all the lessons, not all the seasons, and not all the messages will be ones we love, but God is love. He is enough, and so may we draw nearer and practice the mindset shift. So I'm going to read Psalm 28, starting in verse 1. It says, To you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. For if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. Hear my cry for help as I call to you for help, as I lift my hands towards the most holy place. Do not drag me away from the wicked with those who do evil, who speak cordially with their neighbors and harbor malice in their hearts. Repay them for their deeds and for the evil work. Repay them for what their hands have done and bring back on them what they deserve because they have no regard for the deeds of the Lord and what his hands have done. He will tear them down and never build them up again. And then in verse six, it says, praise be to the Lord. For he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. 
For the Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. In this psalm, David starts out by crying from the pit during his time of need. He is crying in his time of need. He feels alone. He feels abandoned by God, which we know is not true. But sometimes the situations in life before us start to stir the emotions within us to make us think otherwise. Still, David's reaction and posture teaches us all a practical and real, real life mindset shift we can use. What does David do when he recognizes the feelings? He does not ignore them or kick them under the bed. He doesn't kick the messy emotions under the bed. A mess is still a mess, even if it is hidden. Instead, it's like that train analogy and visual I bring up a lot. A car must recognize a train is passing. We stop for it, but we do not need to jump on. Much like that, we can stop. We can surrender it to the Lord, whatever it is. We can ask him to take our negative thought or emotions captive. Whatever it is, we can ask him. We can stop and pause and we can surrender it to the Lord and we can ask him to take that. And how do we do that? Well, let's see what David does here. Going back to verse six and seven, he praised God. He blessed the Lord from the pit and his tone of his words were completely changed. The tone of his words were completely changed. He went from recognizing and calling it what it was to praising God. Here's where he recognizes it and calls it what it is. For if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. Then he is bringing it to the Lord. Hear my cry for help as I call you, as I call to you for help. Then this, praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My my heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song, I praise him. What a mindset shift. But it was in his posture of praise, even in the pit, even in his time of need, that he still turned to praising God, to giving God the glory. Last episode, we discussed that the act of listening is married to obedience and, and our hearts must be open and available to receive whatever it is before us, even before obedience is an option. We need to hear what is good and true, even when life is not good. And when life gets cloudy, That is why it's so important to stay in God's word and to read the Bible. When we read the Bible, we can store his truths on our hearts because everything can get dimmed or cloudy when we are entertaining the wrong words, or it can get muffled. Like the communication example that I was giving before, when we're not near, when we're not close, when we're not near to people, we can't hear them the best that we can. We don't get the same quality. We don't hear all the words. We don't get the message that we need to hear. But when we have a posture, when we lean into God, when we draw nearer, when we talk to him and and be honest with him and we we say, I need help with this. Please make this clear to me. I I want what you want for me. Please give me your wisdom and your strength and your courage. And I want to hear what it is that you want me to be doing today. Lord, give us a posture to listen. May our prayers be, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. And my answer, and I hope all of our answers, 
I pray my answer is always yes. I am learning that is often where I hear him the most when I am surrendered and saying, Lord, your servant is listening. I want what you have for me. I want what you have for all of us. And that is learning and knowing the voice of God. When we know what he stands for, who he is, and that there's always more to learn in his promises and his truths, he's always revealing more to us as we stay in reading the Bible every day. And so this actually brings me to, there were a lot of topics that we talked about last episode, but this one that I wanted to really talk about right now to start is really three parts of scripture that I was thinking about with this whole topic of hearing God's voice in the everyday moments. The first thing is distractions. The reality is there's distractions. And the question is, where are our eyes? Maybe we aren't hearing because we are already called to do something. Maybe he is waiting for our obedience. You know, the world may hold us waiting if we're not careful though. Waiting for a certain amount of followers, a certain opportunity, a certain moment, it feels right, or we have someone else's confirmation, but our feelings are often flawed. What if God says go and we wait around for something like 10,000 followers and we'll just be waiting and waiting when God is in all the details around us right now? We don't need to wait to walk on purpose. We are walking in that right now when we lean into the identity that we have in Christ. It is unique and is beautiful. And that is not anything we need to wait for. Sure, there are waiting seasons, but being who God created us to be where we are is not something we need to wait for. The job is not to wait and to try to convince everyone around us that this is what the Lord wants us to do. That will leave us waiting. Trust me, because I have walked through it personally. Instead, he wants our obedience. Godly counsel is wise and important, but I mean, getting confirmation for what we clearly know we need to be doing is different. That is a distraction at times and confusion and can lead to confusion and more messes. And it could also lead to disappointment because the reality is not everyone is going to understand when we might not understand fully what the Lord is leading us to do. That does not take away from godly counsel is very important. I'm learning to have a person, people that will pray with us, talk to us, that we can Use as a sounding board, but also as people who can guide us as mentors. That is something in my own life that I have learned the importance of. When God says, walk on these waters, what will I do? If Jesus calls us out like Peter to defy the physical laws and stand on his promises, will we do it? And I'm not talking about real waters. You know what I'm talking. This is all figurative. So Matthew chapter 14, verse 29 says, come, he said, the Peter, then Peter got down off the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. So when we're out there, like Peter, may our eyes stay fixed on Jesus and not the winds and the fear or whatever is coming at us. And then verse 30 says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. We can stand on the promises that God has for us. We can stand on his truths. We can be bold in it, in who he created us to be. We can be courageous. That is where boldness and courage comes. That's where fearlessness comes. It comes from understanding and leaning into who God has created every single one of us to be, into not worrying about everyone else, but 
standing on who God created you to be, your identity in Christ. We were more than a number. We are more than a following. We are created for more. May we keep our eyes on Jesus and the more that he is. He is the more we need to focus on. He is where our eyes should. So where are our eyes? The devil may not be able to get us to compromise by making us bad or making us do something that's bad for us. I don't like the word bad, but whatever, I'm going to leave that. The devil may not be able to get us to compromise by turning us bad, but he will try to make us compromise by becoming distracted, by turning our eyes to the fear and the winds instead of Jesus. Let's pray to focus. Let's pray for our eyes to see what God sees and to go where he wants us to go. We can pray and believe for that. We can seek him and believe he's going to answer us. He's going to guide us. He's not going to lead us somewhere that we are not equipped for. Secondly, this brings me to Mark chapter four and those storms, talking about those storms and just the storms and how sometimes the storms can make us feel like Jesus is asleep. So in Mark chapter four, Jesus had been exhausted and he was resting. And while there are so many lessons here, I was really reminded of an important one on this topic. Let's go to verse 35 to 38, where it says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus had been exhausted and resting. He was resting and he didn't get off the boat. Even when he was quiet and the storms were raging, he was there. And this is such a a beautiful reminder a powerful reminder that God is with us even when the storms around us are so strong and so loud. Sometimes the quiet is because we need to draw near, draw closer. But other times it may be because God knows we will get to where we're going. He knows we're going. He is with us. He is bringing us. In this scripture, Jesus already said Let us go over to the other side. May we have confidence in that and in him, in his promises. Sometimes before God talks to the storm, he wants to speak to us. He wants to work in us. He wants to grow us. He wants to teach us these lessons. We must draw near. We must draw closer. Go to the direct source, the Bible. So the Art of a Messy House tips for this of how to lean in to hear God through the storms and how to keep our eyes on him through the rocky waters is really reflecting on the times that have been challenging. How do we hear him louder in this world with the fear, the doubt, the lies, everything that comes at us? And honestly, we make it more complicated. I'm saying we, I make it more complicated. And again, it is in, it's more simple than we often create it to be or make it to be. I call it the pause. And a simple example of this is 
recently being upset with something and I was driving, I pulled into my driveway and I sat there for a moment realizing I was upset and I just turned the radio off for a second or the volume down and I prayed. I said, I feel this doubt. I recognize the doubt. I want what you want. And I remembered what David did in this psalm. He cried out in his time of need. Lord, hear my cries. When we pause to be silent, turn down the radio, turn down whatever noise is around and ask God, I need your help. I'm feeling this. Lord, help me. I don't know what to do. I don't like this feeling. This isn't good for me. I believe this too long. I know this isn't from you. This is not what your word says. This is just a lie. This is a negative thought. Help me. I need your help. What am I supposed to do? Whatever it is. When we do that and then we pause, these moments come before us where we can be overwhelmed in his presence and by his presence. And I call them hugs from God because when I did this recently, I spent a couple moments in like a minute in silence because that's the only amount of time I could do at that moment with the baby in the car. But I just paused. And after that pause, I turned the radio volume back up and a song came on with the line was exactly what I needed to hear. And it was like a hug from God, a reminder, a confirmation that keep going. You're right where you belong. And just in those moments that God has us in places, we need to lean in. We need to pause. I may not always do that. And that's really why I emphasize the practicing the pause on the Art of a Messy House, because like the Art of a Messy House and this whole ministry talks about, we can make a mess often. But God can redeem it. God can make it into a masterpiece. He can use all the parts. He will do that when we lean into him. And so he has a way of doing that in all the things. And so we may not always understand all the pieces of it, but God is in the details. So what are we facing today? Let's talk out loud to God. Let's write it down even. Let's speak it out loud. Pause to pray, to listen. Prayer is a two-way conversation. We we can pause to pray. We can pause to hear and receive. Pause to praise. Our posture matters. In Job 26, 14, it says, And these are but the outer fringe of his works. How faint the whisper we hear of him. Who then can understand the thunder of his power? Sometimes our problems seem so big. I think of this passage in Job. God is so much bigger. He is there by our sides. And sometimes he takes the problem right away. And sometimes he walks us through it by giving us the strength, his strength and his power to do what is right, even when it's beyond challenging and hard. And it just reminds me of in the scripture where it says his thundering power and his thundering power is something that we don't even fully understand as humans. And it makes me think of also, again, this idea of posture and and position and where we have ourselves and how How do we know the voice of God? It has become very complicated in our own understanding, but the truth is it is not very difficult. It's quite the opposite. It is quite simple when we lean in and when we read and when we position ourselves. And it really led me to the scripture. This is the last scripture that I'm going to talk about. It's Eli and Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Um, I'm not going to read this this scripture, but I'll put it in the notes so that um, you can read this on your own but it's 1 Samuel chapter 3. And it's in the story of Samuel. It's an example of this, of many lessons too, but this is the one that really was one that um, 
I've remembered in writing this message. And so the Lord came and stood calling Samuel several times as he slept near the Ark of the Covenant. Still, he didn't recognize God's voice because he hadn't heard it. And he thought it was Eli, his mentor. And he asked him what he called for. Yet every time Eli sent him back to bed, telling him that he had not called. So Samuel is hearing God's voice, not realizing it's God. He is going to his mentor and Eli didn't realize that this is what was happening, that Samuel was hearing God's voice and God was speaking to Samuel. So Eli sent him back to bed, telling him he had not called. Eli didn't recognize it until a few times of this happening. And that was when he realized the Lord had been calling Samuel. He then told Samuel that if it happened again to say, speak for your servant is listening. And so that is what Samuel did. When God called out again, he responded that he was there and he was listening. After I read this and thinking of that, and this is the word that was placed on my heart, Samuel slept in the presence of the Lord. One might ask, why did God reveal himself to Samuel and not Eli? And there's a lot of questions in life sometimes we won't understand fully, but there is this powerful point here. Samuel slept in the presence of the Lord. He knew his place was by the ark and he slept with a posture to hear. We can all hear and not listen. I know I can. To hear someone and something is just that. The sound passes through. Many times, questions and excuses do too. You want me to do what? Or what are you saying over there? All those things in life really bring us back to listening does not mean we understand. Trusting God doesn't always mean we will understand. We won't always understand why he's calling us to do something. Trust is walking by faith, even when we do not understand it all. So we must first put ourselves in a posture to hear God. We can do this by sitting at the altar. We can do this by sitting at the feet of Jesus. We can come directly to God through Jesus. We we can talk to God and we can pray and we can sit quietly and simply ask God to speak to us. We need to quiet ourselves and come to to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. And many times when we hear a prompt or a word or a message, it will be through reading the Bible and his words. However, we must quiet our minds first and often. And when we need help with that, we can ask God to help us with that, to help us not be distracted by the things we don't need to be distracted by. Help us do that. Each day we can maybe dedicate a few minutes to just sitting in complete silence. This is something I have been really trying to do each day, even starting with one minute, just sitting in silence, in his presence, and just asking him what he wants me to hear. He's not going to come and give us anything that we're not equipped to do or ready to hear. In other words, he he will not give us anything that we, that we would not do. He's so loving. He will steer the willing and open-minded. But once again, we must learn to distinguish his voice and that of the flesh and even the enemy and really understand what his word says to see if what comes up, what we hear and what we feel like, so that we can take what we feel, what we hear, and we can make sure that it's true and aligned with him. We can make sure that it doesn't go against scripture. So what are we reading in the Bible today? Because the more time we spend in God's word and presence, the more we recognize his voice, We the more we make ourselves available for it and for him to work his beauty in our lives. We need to be available. So what are we reading today? There are many resources that can come beside and help us and guide us. 
What are you crying out to the Lord about today? Maybe it's not crying. Maybe maybe it's just asking. And you know, crying sounds dramatic. I'm not trying to sound dramatic, but sometimes it feels that way, right? How am I praising him today? Put on the worship music, sing that song out loud. Thank God for the day and learn to grow the heart of gratitude and to water it. Because the truth is God is there. He will not leave you or forsake you. So let's lean in closer. Let's draw him near. Let's cry out with our needs and learn a posture of praise. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for just being everywhere. Thank you for being everywhere in our lives. Thank you that you go everywhere. You go before us. You're beside us. You see it all. And so we today lean into you. I pray for the person listening to me right now, just work in their lives that they can learn how to seek you more, learn to see you, learn to hear you, learn to walk in everything you have for them, that they can learn their identity in you, that you can make that clear to them so that they can walk in that beautifully distinct purpose and identity because it's found in you. And that is where we need to turn. We need to turn to your word and just help us, help us to silence anything that our ears are listening to that's not from you. Help us to turn our focus from the storms and from the waves and from the fear and turn to you, God, because you are near. And so thank you. Thank you that you have designed every one of us with a distinct identity in Christ. May we learn of it. May we be available to it. May we be filled with your presence and, and the longing to continue to learn more about you, to spend time in your presence, to learn your promises and store them on our hearts so that we can stand on the truth of your word and not the feelings and not the fear and not the doubt that instead we can just stand on who you call us to be. And so today, empower us, fill us with the Holy Spirit and just thank you. Thank you that we have this gift to be able to be in your presence, to draw closer and draw near. Help us today to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Art of a Messy House podcast. And thank you even more for being here. Be sure to visit theartofamessyhouse.com to join the conversation, subscribe there for weekly devotionals, and discover some fantastic bonus resources as well. And while that's all for this episode, I hope that you will follow along and always remember, most importantly, that you are loved, you are seen, and you are known. So until next time, God bless.